Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Assembly Room Ballroom. Please welcome a man who's run five kilometers this morning and he hasn't stopped. It's Richard Herring. Thank you very much. I put water on me. I didn't need to do that. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? It's day two of the Edinburgh Fringe. Welcome to the show. Uh, welcome to Richard Herring's Lovingly Stored Tomato Podcast. Um, I'm calling it that today because uh, I was walking... The, when we got here yesterday, we were... Or the day before yesterday, I was walking around town with my kids. And um, there's a show. I think it's called Tomato. And the poster is of a tomato. It's, it's in like some human skin and it's hard to work out where it's being so it's sort of squashed between some crevices of what looks like human skin and I was debating with my daughter what that in my I said it could be someone's hand couldn't it and he said it could be someone's it could be someone's legs she said I think it's someone's vagina and I said welcome <laughs> welcome to the Edinburgh Fringe that is correct so it's a lovingly stored tomato go and see tomato I don't know what it's going to be like but you know 
There might be a tomato in a vagina. That's 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 worth thing, isn't it, mate? It's worth having a. It's art. It's right. You're allowed. When it's art, you're allowed to have a look at it. It's all right. No one can touch it. It's fine. Uh, although I was talking to the amazing Bubble Man the other day. Fantastic act. By the way, if you've got kids, take them. If there are tickets left, go and see him. Uh, he calls it Rahalastabas. So I don't know. Don't know if that's gonna catch on. Um, yeah, you know, look, it's 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 day uh, it's day two, and um, I'm trying to stay healthy. Though we we went out for uh, burgers last night. Uh, I was just going to have a burger. I thought that'd be healthy, and then just everyone leaves everything. I think ate everybody else's stuff. So it's, I had to go for a five-kilometer run this morning to try and work some of that off around the meadows. It's very nice there. Going to try and work up to uh, ten to twelve k by the end of the fringe. We'll see how it goes. Park run on Saturday, kids. Come along. Uh, I'm trying the new one around the, around the park. Um, okay, so look, we're going to crack straight on. Um, uh, we've got f- some fantastic acts coming up uh, in the future. Some fantastic acts coming up in uh, London as well, by the way, if you're, if you're, if you're going to be able to come to the Autumn Run at Les Square Theatre, including Sally Phillips is going to be on, and Reese Shearsmith, same show. Sally Phillips, who I went out with 25 years ago. <laughs> Haven't really spoken too much since. <laughs> Not, a lot of it might not end up as a podcast, so I would come and see that live. <laughs> Anything mean she says about me will be cut out. Uh, and we've got uh, Milo McCabe, who does uh, Troy Hawk, and we've got the guys from the Social Distance Sports Bar. It's Ellis James, Mike Bubbins. So come along and see those if you can, richhering.com slash Rahalastapa, if you want to find out about those. We've got fantastic acts coming up uh, in Edinburgh too, and two of them are here today. One of them is best known for her appearance on Richard Hammond's Brain Reaction, which sounds like quite a sick show. I don't know, don't know if that was just after the crash. And one of them is the narrator of the 30 most shocking TV interviews dot, dot, dot ever... I assume that from the 30 most shocking. I didn't think it was going to be not that long, is it? This TV hasn't been going that long. Anyway, here they are. It's Kerry Pritchard McLean and Rachel Fairburn, ladies and gentlemen. Here they are. Come here. Hello. Welcome to the Hello. show. Hello. Thank you for having us. Would you, Hi, would, love. Thanks would, for having us. That's all right. Would you like a cup of water? Yes, Ooh, please. Yes. Because also you get to keep the cup. Really? Oh. I, that was the first thing I was going to ask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brill. We can pass that oh, along. Like that. That's made my day. It's yeah. a good size, that is. It's it's a good it's, size. I wanted that's to get perfect. bigger cups. And a good weight. That is yeah. it. That You've is not good. scrimped on this. It's, they, they're very... It's Tell all me, you, Richard, it's all can people buy them? Uh, did I buy them? No, can you buy them? You, can, you cannot buy these, no. Really? You guest. I thought he was pushing merch and no. I thought I was teeing him up. <laughs> you cannot buy that. I think we did, for a Kickstarter, we did do a Kickstarter version that people could get. These are for only for guests, though um, Deborah Francis White did auction off two of them, even though she only got one. <laughs> <laughs> they, you can get a hundred. Uh, Liam will pay you a hundred quid for that right now. He'll pay, he would, uh, you know. Yeah. So you get a well, hundred quid for that. So you're not getting paid, but you're getting that. And I've got, I'm the host. Great. There's only, there's two of these uh, in case I smash one. Which <laughs> 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 will almost certainly happen. Uh, but there we go. How was uh, Richard Hammond's brain reaction? That was quite recent, right? It was, yeah. yeah. It was. Is, is um, his, how is his brain reaction these days? <laughs> Post. <Congress. laughs> um, it was, do you know what? It was a it was a very weird show. It's quite sciencey. Yeah. And um, yeah, and and then Johnny Vegas. <laughs> so it's an interesting. I was on Johnny Vegas's team, right. and I ended up being sort of kindred spirits. Had a lovely time. Yeah, he's great. Um, he's brilliant, yeah. and I just I we he's sort of part of because we came it through the Northwest mm-hmm. Circuit. And he's part of the folklore of the circuit we came up through because I used to work in the Frog and Bucket as well in the office. And so he's on every wall and, you know, like he's, he's, he's in fact, for 
until very recently, you know, when you go up to the top of the stairs where the kitchen mm-hmm. is in the green room, there's a little room that w- when you open up the frog, um, that, I shouldn't say all this, the alarm system is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, his potter's wheel was in there until about two months ago. Was it? Yeah, and wow. so it must have been there like 20 years. Oh, and I was wow. like, do you know your potter's wheel's in the frog? And he's like, oh, I've just got that. I've just, I should, that's a terrible impression. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he was saying, I've literally just picked it up because he started doing it again. Oh, so, cool. yeah, it was quite nice to just have a, have a chin work with him, really, and then be utterly baffled. Um, <laughs> by everything else that was going on. And also, it's fantastic because uh, Victoria Corrin Mitchell is so bright. She just plays it to win it. Yeah. She doesn't mm. play it for comedy. <laughs> She's just like, I want to win every episode. And you're like, fair fucks. <laughs> uh, 30 most shocking TV interviews. Was what, it, what is that what it was? Was Can it interviews? Remember? Right. What it, that's what it says on IMDb. Okay, yeah, I, don't so know. Most shocking, I thought it was most shocking TV. It was interviews, yeah. Yeah. I, I do my research. I, I haven't got a fucking clue. I can't remember. Uh, Do you know, I get loads of... I get quite a lot of voiceover things for Channel 5. And... uh, (laughs) Because I sound poor. And uh, I... uh, I What was... I did... um, uh, Most... Most shocking... uh, Most embarrassing sex stories ever. I did that one. I did uh, most shocking TV interviews. There's another one that I've done. I can't even remember. You know, most sexy weirdos ever or something like I don't know just I get I so was many number three yeah so. <laughs> I just get so many of these things I can't I honestly cannot remember oh it was Prince Andrew of course it was Prince Andrew was that a Prince Andrew that, it was Prince Andrew yeah. yeah that was a shocking interview wasn't it I loved it yeah oh do you know I was when that was on I was gigging at uh, Cardiff Glee and I as soon as I finished my set I rushed home to watch that on my iPad and I <laughs> it's like the moon landings for you wasn't it I, do you know what I loved it, and it, 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 I just couldn't believe it. I kept, I kept, like, going back to bits. I was like, what did he just say? Did he just say that? Yeah, it's like, the, you know, the, is it the Zabruder clip with JFK? I just kept re-watching the same bits over <laughs> yeah. and over again, so I couldn't quite get what I was it's, watching. It's like that, um, what was that documentary that was where that guy had... Where he whacked him off? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where, what was it called, that documentary? You must know. Cause it's it, Stranger it, Next Door or something, something like, like that? Something like that. And it goes on, and, and you're sort of watching it, and you're going, all oh, right, well, this guy is a bit of a weirdo with his family. And then the dad of the family, he, he, says, he, he said, and we were sitting in a car, and um, he said... Do you... <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> it's, it is abuse. Uh, he said, uh, do you, what, what did he say to him? Like, he said he, put, he, he said, basically finds out that the daughter of the family is being abused. Do you, have you seen this? It's, yeah, it was a yeah. big Netflix. Do you remember what it's called? Yeah, Strange Next Door. Yeah. Find out the daughter is being groomed, so the father is like, so I get him in the car and I give him a scene <laughs> to. And then it cut, hard cuts him going, and, and then I gave him fellatio. And you're like, how did we go from honestly, that to that? Honestly, I, 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 was, I was watching, again, I was at, in Cardiff, bizarrely, <laughs> and I, I was sitting on, I was sort of killing a bit of time watching the TV in my room, and I was sort of like, and I went, what did he just say? <laughs> and I rewound it, and I kept going, hang on a minute. And then I, it was one of those times where I had to go online and went, has anyone watched this? Because have I heard this right? It was insane. It's so deeply embedded in my psyche. I'm really worried that, you know, sometimes when people have like a big, like a uh, head trauma or sometimes after a heart attack, they'll come round yeah. and they'll start speaking Spanish. <laughs> I'm worried that my, my first words will be that man's sort of <laughs> middle distant stare to the camera. And then I give him a wow. 
Yeah, the, the Prince Andrew thing. Uh, had Cunt on the gang, Cunt in the gang on the other day, and the, there's a bit that he does the song. And the bit, there's so many bits that are quite for that Prince Andrew. The bit where he goes, I don't, you know, I didn't go to the bar. I've never been to the bar. I don't know where the bar is. <laughs> it's like it's like, it's like the weirdest thing you could possibly. It's like the weirdest lie you could ever. T- I don't know where the what bar is. It's just over there, mate. <laughs> Right, you know where the drinks are. Oh, that makes sense. Um, have you seen any good posters yet in the Edinburgh Fringe that, that have shocked or appalled or enlightened you? No. No? I mean, I, I don't know. Do you know, I, I am very... I, I don't know. I've not, I'm not, I'm tend to be very... I'm quite um, relaxed this year. I'm, not, I'm yeah. sort of ignoring that there's a festival on. I don't know what's wrong with me. I've sort of been stressing about it, and I did my first show yesterday, and I'm looking around going... None of this matters. <laughs> and I, I'm quite, I don't know, I'm a bit, I'm, I'm just sort of blocking it all out. I mean, I went to see Sean McLaughlin's show yesterday. Yeah. Brilliant stand-up, so good, go and see that. You will be la- oh, it's just so funny. Um, but yeah, that, there's not been anything that I've seen. I don't like these, I don't like sort of in-jokey things. You know, that in-jokey poster that, that's about at the moment that, that's a reviewer and a, a comedian. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah, I, I love that. I, I don't like in-jokes. Like, these people, you, you don't care about comedians in jokes. You don't care. I just hate that kind of stuff. That's not my vibe. I, you know, just, I just think, oh, ha-ha, who's that for? <laughs> Me, in that case, yeah. But why? This is what I don't... Like, I'm just like, why? Oh, I think it's because the, the reviewers are cunt. We can't get into this <laughs> legally. This is a WhatsApp chat that's okay, happening. We'll talk about this later. I had it when I was walking down here. There's a guy who's doing something. It's something, something David Bowen. He's got like a lightning bolt. And I can tell already. Have you seen that? I know that that face is just going to haunt me. It's just, you know, certain posters you yeah. can't help but see everywhere. And some of it is because there's more of them, but I can just tell that that man's face, that I'll, without ever seeing a show, that I'll be like, that asshole. <laughs> and it's just because he is on a poster near my flat. Yeah. So I keep locking eyes with him first thing in the morning. Weirdly, I was just walking down the mound looking at all the posters, and I just thought they. I just thought, what's the fucking point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just walked past them and go, what's the fucking point of all this? And, that, and, you know, and, and off the whole fringe. Those that is exactly. So As I mean, fringe stalwart Richard yeah. Herring has been coming in for so <laughs> many years. There's so many shows. What is the fucking Th- point this of all is what this? I feel like, like, I love doing my show. Thank you for I'm, coming. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's been worth it. I love doing my show. I like, you know, that, that bit of the day. You know that one hour when I'm on stage where I'm, I'm on my own and I'm just like, this is a bit of me time now. Like, this is my time. You're not selling any tickets. <laughs> no, this is just, th- there's just me and the sound guy, and he loves the show. I, I don't know, I just feel, I don't, I don't know why I'm like this. I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm a natural worrier. I'm yeah. always stressed about things, and I'm always panicking, and I'm always worried and, and thinking, thinking the worst thing in the world's going to happen. And this year, I'm just like... I it. think you disassociated mid-July. Yeah, and this is might. what you're... You've just. This is now your resting state. This is me now. I don't think it's good. It's healthy. I had um, uh, my partner. I always talk about this, but I had the the holy grail of people that you speak to in Edinburgh during August. um, Just yesterday, Uh, it was a woman who had no idea there was a festival on. (laughs) What? Yeah. So I was, I was, I was helping someone with something, and then this woman said, "Can you help me now?" And she was from. (laughs) What is this? Um, and so she said, um, <laughs> so she said, I've come from Uruguay. 
And she, she basically, she was like, I've got no credit on my phone. Can I use your phone to phone these people to get into student accommodation? She's like, I'm only staying here one night. It was all I could afford because um, the, the accommodation is so expensive. <laughs> and I was like, are you here for the festival? And she was like, no, I've just found out that it's happening. <laughs> and she was over here because she has, she has Scottish roots. And so she was staying in Edinburgh over the night and was like, I'll travel up. And she just couldn't get into the studio. And it was just so, she was just so baffled by everything. And you want to go, it's, not, it's really nice the rest of the year. Mm. So just don't come in. And she doesn't normally, because in Uruguay they have different holidays, so normally she doesn't ever come here in August. So she, had, she was just fucking baffled. And, yet, and, you know, like just these huge billboards of... I mean, even people who live in this country have got no idea who those fuckers are, but let alone <laughs> yeah, she was from like, Uruguay. Who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> like, Frank Sk- Skinner? What's that? What is a Frank Skinner? But yes, she was like, yeah, she was totally just had no idea. And that's so, yeah, it's so lovely. My, my partner used to be a flyer as well, and he said his favorite thing was when he flyered someone. And, and it would be, usually be like a very sweet American couple who'd be like, excuse me, is there something going on at the moment? And you'd have to be like, oh yeah, I've got to explain what this mess is. <laughs> uh, you, you just mentioned Frank Skinner then, and he's just cancelled his yeah. Edinburgh run. Now, this was the other thing. I love Frank Skinner. He's one of my absolute favourite comedians ever. And the one thing I was looking forward to at the Fringe was going to see Frank Skinner. Mm. And when I saw it had been cancelled this morning, I was just like, ah, fucking business as usual for old Fairburn. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're the victim in that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever's gone on there, Rachel's the real victim. Yeah, I'd like, it, I'd like to everyone to keep me in the thoughts at this difficult time. Everyone else is thinking, think of all those tickets that are going to be <laughs> yeah, refunded and all the money that people are going to spend on my show instead. <laughs> God, one if you day. wanted to see Frank Skinner... We've all moved up the ladder one because he yeah. was right at the top of the ladder. No one was above him. If you wanted to see Frank Skinner and you come and see me instead, I apologise in advance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of my show, but I'm not fucking Frank Skinner, am I? So. <laughs> and he's doing, he was doing a clean hour, I think, this... this yeah, I, w- this I went it? to see yeah. a work in progress oh, of it uh, yeah, a couple of months ago, and it was just so good. Are it you was... going to tell him the little bit that you told me? Right. So... This doesn't sound really stupid. So I went to see... She gave him fellatio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's not me right. Sick, that. I know. I know his wife really well as well. I don't know why I said that. So I went to this work in progress in in London, because I I live in London, and uh, it was the day of the tube strike, because I was like, how is it possible to get a ticket to see Frank Skinner's work in progress? Oh, that's why. So I took my friend, George Fouracres, who recently played Hamlet in the Globe. I know. Uh, so look at her being like, I live in London. I, I live in London Hamlet. now. My friend was Hamlet, darling. Um, so went to see it, and uh, it was sort of well attended, but obviously not as well attended as it should be because it was a tube strike. And it was uh, for a work in progress. It was one of the best hours of stand up I've ever seen in my life. And one of the coolest things was he, he didn't introduce himself, like, he didn't announce himself. He just walked on. I was like, wow, that is cool. You are cool. Anyway, I was really enjoying it. I was sitting at the side of the thing, like, ha, 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 laughing away. And uh, when he walked off, he said, he just walked up to me and went, thanks for coming. And I was like, is it, what? I went, did that just happen? And my mate went, you never told me you knew him. I went, I don't. I just, maybe maybe just, he thought you were a sick child who won a competition. Think, yeah, it was make a wish. <laughs> but then I thought, because I was really, really laughing, maybe he thought, oh, thank God you're here because you're, Laughing? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes there are those people who are single-handedly carrying the gig. There isn't. There's sometimes you're like, well, thank fuck that they're there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that one person you think. Sometimes it's just the tech. Oh. That's, that's tough. Yeah, but also when it is the tech, they've seen it a hundred times and yeah. they're just going, making you Giving going, it ha, 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 yeah. ha, 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 ha. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you're doing, you're between the two of you, you're doing, let's get this out of the way, you're doing three shows, is it three or more? Well, you're working on... You're doing tarot, tarot, yeah. So you're doing that. Four, is it four shows, is that it? Well, yeah, it? yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm doing my, my hour, and then we're doing a one-off of mm -hmm. our um, podcast. And then... Oh, hey. thanks. Are you coming? Yeah. She fucking hope <laughs> <Hey>. so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, thank you very much. And um, yeah, so we're doing <laughs> Thanks that. Thanks for coming. And then, <laughs> what if you said no? <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then directing Tarot as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And you're doing your stand up show as well? Yeah, I'm just doing my show. I'm not doing anything else. Thank yeah. you very much. I'm a, yeah. I'm, I'll well, just and All Killer No Filler. Oh, yeah. And so, all killer. I mean, and you do the All Killer No Filler. Let's talk about that first. Is in the Pleasance Grand. Mm. I mean, one night only. Yes. One night only. But yeah. it's still a big, it's a big old venue. Yes. I think, there, I think there's only like. 30 tickets left wow. or something. Yeah. It's yeah, the which power is, of podcasts. It is the power I mean, of podcasts. Apart from today. <laughs> <laughs> you need to stop putting yours out on CD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing thing. And also, it, it, not just... It's so lovely to be back doing live shows. And we love... I think... I love doing my stand-up show, but there's a, there's a special... I'm, I'm going to speak on behalf of me now, not your lived experience, but like I think there's something so fun about doing the podcast live and being on stage with someone else that you trust as well. That is just uh, you, scratches, you trust me. Um, <laughs> I meant the text. It's a, <laughs> it's a it's a it scratches a completely different itch to stand up, mm. and it's such a lovely. Well, you know, we're doing this right, yeah. and it's a lovely thing that exists and is complimentary to to what mm -hmm. we do solo. So yeah, and and also the fact that like when people come in into that room, they have usually listened to hundreds hundreds of hours of us mm. talking fucking nonsense. <laughs> so it is like immediately being in a room with friends. And this will be our biggest live show. I think so, yeah. yeah. Christmas, the one we did was six, and this is going to be 750 people, yeah. all in the same room, with all with it, worried about fucking in-jokes on posters. Wait till you get to see our... It'll just be <laughs> an absolute plethora of in-jokes. But I'm so excited for that. I think yeah. it's going to be really, it's, really it's gonna fantastic. It's going to be good, yeah. And do you know which... which are you going to talk about a specific... Had we decided? I thought we were going to do that Liverpool... Oh, the um, Merry, Merry, Merry Widowers of... of um, is it Merseyside? Merry Widows of... So, yeah. So, yeah. It, found, it was um, a gang of women in, in Liverpool, I think it was in the Victorian days, who um, basically murdered a load of blokes for money. Uh, makes Brilliant. It makes a change, doesn't it? It's uh, um, quite refreshing. It's all, it's all my favourite things. Like, <laughs> gangs, Liverpool... <laughs> Dead men. Like it's, <laughs> I'm really excited about that one. I think yeah, I think we good. should do that one. Do, yeah. do, do, do you think that sounds a good one? The, the lady that's coming to the show. Do you think that sounds a good? Yeah. Okay. okay. Good. Because sometimes yeah. what happen is we'll we'll go. Oh, we'll do this one, and we'll, we'll do like we'll start the deep dive of the research, which takes hours and hours and hours, and then we'll be like, oh, the the name of this person's quite funny. But yeah. actually, everything else is... It's, quite, it's actually quite... There's an art to picking who's right for a live show. Mm -hmm. yeah. Got to be historical. Can't yeah. be something recent, because it's all a bit too grim in the room. Yeah. Um, can't be too many horrific... Facts. So you've got, to, you've got to pick a jolly, old-fashioned serial killer. <laughs> yes. Um, do you know what? Burke and Hare are absolutely fucking brilliant. Yes. They only really murdered a couple, and the rest was... Yeah, Good old-fashioned, honest grave robbing. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a great example of what would make a good live show because sometimes we have picked it wrong and then we'll be like, and then he ate another child. Yeah. And then he ate another six children, and then and then he ate more children, and it's very heavy. It's hard to bring it back from that. Yes. Yeah. Are you in any? I suppose you're in no danger of running out of killers. There's a lot of killers, right? Rachel's there's, there's... got a great answer to this. Well, as, as long as there are men in the world, there will always be serial killers. So. Um, it will continue, but I, yeah, it's, it's weird because um, 
there's some that we don't want to do as well, isn't there? Mm. Some that, that, like you've just said, are too too recent. Like a lot of people ask for us to do um, episode on Levi Belfield. It, I don't know. It just feels too, yeah, sort of recent and, and yeah. horrible. And, and, and there's it. some that are too horrible. I don't like Albert Fish. I wouldn't do Snowtown uh, Murders. Just oh. things that are like relentlessly grim. I've not told you about the Snowtown film, have I? No. Has anyone seen the film Snowtown? Wow, that is no. a no. Yeah. Um, so it's about these murders that happen in Australia. And the film is so horrible. I was watching it about five months ago that I was watching it and there's a few bits in it. And I was sat there with my boyfriend and I just went, I'm going to have to go and be sick. And I just threw up. Really? Yeah. From watching a film? From It was so grim. I just you sure went, you aren't pregnant? 100% not. I mean, this was six months ago. Um, <laughs> so... I hope not. I've been on the booze. Anyway, so, <laughs> I, but yeah, it was so grim that I just was sat there and I was going, oh, I feel really bilious. This is awful. And then I just went into the bathroom and I was like, because <laughs> it was so grim. Really? Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd just never want to watch I would never watch it again. I don't want to, I don't want to engage with that at all, ever. Horrible. Good to know. Yeah. It's good to know that there's a level for both of you where yeah. you, yes. you can't go beyond. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, it's that. So I know we talked about this but last time you were on, but it is that. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult subject to find the right, the right way through. And I know you, you do, you're very careful with that and very thoughtful mm-hmm. about that. So I know it's, yeah, it's, it's good to see. But also you are aware that you do get desensitised to it. Yeah. Because sometimes when we're looking through it, I'm like, oh, I'm not interested in this one, just a rapist. And you're like, what? Yeah. Like, you do get a bit dead behind the eyes with stuff. Like, you yeah. need stuff to hang on to. And you have to be aware that, like, there's humans and people on the other side. Mm. And how do, you know, how do you navigate all that stuff? So I think that's something we try and keep an eye on, that we don't get completely, like, you know, just, uh, just yeah, I can't think of the word for it. But, yeah, but I suppose desensitized is the, mm-hmm. is the best word. Because there's a lot of murders now that we've talked about a lot. Yeah. Well, you can't be flippant about it, can you, is no. this thing. It's like, you know, we are talking about horrible things. Yeah. And I think we've got to get, we get that, I think we get, we get the balance right, I hope. Well, yeah, but then I reckon in about two years, we'll be the wrong side of history. <laughs> Fingers crossed. That gives us a nice end date, doesn't it? <laughs> and it's been live streamed, so people can watch this yes. show from yeah. wherever they are in the world. Which is really lovely, because mm-hmm. that's something that is uh, re- really important to us. I suppose it was something that we were... We were always aware of accessibility broadly pre-pandemic, and then I think both of us, from doing things online and stuff, it, it just, we realised that we have, because we have an international audience, that's one of the great things about a podcast, is actually not only is it a great way of, you know, making sure your fans feel engaged from all over the world, but there's lots of people who can't attend shows in person for lots of reasons, and it's a way of making sure that everyone can come along. So I'm really excited that we managed to get a live stream. And next up are doing brilliant things up here. Mm-hmm. They are, yeah. Great, so I'm really excited. It's it's always interesting to me whether it there's there's such a you know frisson in the room that's so exciting what it feels like watching at home. But it, they seem to get on board with it, and what I mean by that is it seems to get drunk at home as yeah, well. Yeah, so, very much so. Yeah, fair play to them, <laughs> especially when people are like it's one o'clock in the morning in <laughs> Brisbane, or, or the, but you know the people oh like it's four o'clock in the morning yeah. and I'm watching you from somewhere and you're like. You're weird. <laughs> I hope I never meet you. But no, I, no, I really appreciate it. And it is really fun. And we've all had that, right? With like bands and stuff like that, where you f- feel like you find your community. Mm-hmm. And, and I think live streams have been a great way to just engage with that community at a larger level. Yeah, and I think podcasting does, it does feel, you know, the, the pe- because it, because it, even the really successful ones, I think are still, you know, relatively under the radar for 
the vast majority of people, I suppose. Mm. So even, you know, if you've got one that isn't... Just say you. Yeah, just say... <laughs> not, not as successful as me. No, you know, it's, it, it just does feel like it's, oh, you know, this is my little surprise and Definitely. this is my little secret. You know, so well, that's why I find, you know, uh, to be perfectly candid, and I'm not going to, like, slag anyone off specifically, but I... <laughs> I think I've said this to you before. I like podcasting when it was just women talking about murder and Richard Herring, is what I say. <laughs> like, there was, a, there was a halcyon period when it was yeah. just you and then loads of women. And now, like, now there's, like, you see the trending podcast, I'm like, why is it about football? This isn't for you. <laughs> and, you know, just footballers trying to be engaging or, or you know, like, or, like, you know, like, right-wing grifters. And I'm like... Fuck off, you've got everything else. Yeah. Let us have this intimate medium, you fucking cunts. I really... It's quite early for this language, isn't it? But That's I've got fine. one gear. Um, I, I don't know why. I feel sort of like... I felt like a much nicer... Podcasting was, is much... Maybe still is as well. Much more supportive. And, you know, like... It just felt like a nicer area. And then immediately, because there was some finances attached to it... And, you know, like, neither of us bought a house off it or anything like that. But as soon as there's money, like... It just gets, you know, corporate and creeps in and then suddenly you have to have a producer when you do stuff and, and all killer we just do ourselves mm, and always yeah. have done. Um, so yeah, I just I suppose there's a there's, I, do I sound like one of those old bastards who goes I remember the fringe when you'd come <laughs> up. No, do you, do you, I agree with you because for me I think you know part of the joy of doing a podcast like we've done it is that you can just do it yourself. You know, yeah. we still record on our phones. We still yeah. it's, we're still very low tech. We don't have a producer, and I, and I just feel that. Sometimes people are really sucking the joy out of podcasting. Because sometimes I, I look at podcasts that are put out, and, I, and I'm like, that's not a podcast, that's a radio show. You've got... Yeah. It's on this... On, say it's on the BBC, it's got a producer, it's this. It's like, that's a radio show, that's not a podcast. Like, I just feel that a lot of people now are taking it, you know, because, as you said, there's so much money involved and you can make a lot of money off podcasting. It's kind of taken the, the shine off it for me in, in many ways. Like it, it feels less sort of like charming, I suppose, in a way. Yeah. Right? More, more corporate, I guess. Yeah, so it's, it's like, you know, you, you'll have people saying, uh, you know, oh, I'm starting a new podcast, I'm pitching this idea. And I'm like, why don't you just go and make it? Yeah. If you've got so much faith and confidence in your idea, that's the joy of it. Go and make it. Yeah. Why do you... I mean, an example is, uh, off, I mean, this is off the record... I've made a I've made a podcast. It, it is <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I've, 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 this is Hello Magazine. <laughs> I've made a, a podcast recently um, about because I'm, I'm I love ghosts. I'm obsessed with ghosts. I made a podcast recently about ghosts, and uh, there's people involved in it. I wouldn't know these people if I fell over them in the street. I'm reading the credits, and I'm going, "Who the fuck's this?" <laughs> like, I I just feel that that sometimes something that is, can be such a fun thing and interesting, and, and your sort of vision. When it starts to get so many other people involved, it just is not the thing that you want it to be. And I, I just feel that sometimes with podcasts, there's a lot to be said for just doing it your own way. Well, do you not think that's maybe why stand-ups are drawn to it? Because one of the beautiful things about stand-up is you have an idea and then you just go on and take it on stage yeah. straight to your audience. Yes. You don't have to have it approved or jump through. Or, you know, like if you're an actor, you have to wait for someone to give you that part. Or, you know, stand-up is so immediate. And then, yeah. of course, that's mm. why we like podcasts, because you can just say it and put it out yourself. And yeah. there's a purity. God, I'm sounding like an unbearable <laughs> twat. Um, I'm just, I might, it's just because I'm, I'm at an arts festival. Go for it. Um, <laughs> 
yeah, so I think there's like, yeah, a clarity and a purity. And sometimes that's where the best things are when they are a bit rough and ready. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. You can still, you know, I mean, all my other podcasts are like that. <laughs> <laughs> all my other podcasts are things that no one's going to want to listen to that are bad. I love you picking in the up field. stones. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but, you know, I think there's still space for that. I don't, I don't really mind it because I still think with podcasts, you choose what you listen to. Yeah. So you curate it yourself. So if you want what, what mm. we probably all want. You can find those ones. But those are the ones I still listen to. Yeah. And I agree with you. But, you know, but sometimes it's nice to go, oh, well, there's, there's a radio show that I can yeah. listen to easily without yeah. a radio. You know, so but that's, it's still... Do you know, I, I always think, like, when, when I, I think back to when I was a teenager, and I'm like, if podcasts existed, I would have been so thrilled. Yeah. Like, because all the times I used to sit there thinking, oh, I'd love to listen to something about ghosts, or I'd love to <laughs> listen to something supernatural. And, of course, like, you know, you'd read stuff, or you'd sometimes find an audio book or something, mm. or, you know, you'd find a film or whatever. But I, I just used to think, oh, my God, if, when I was a teenager, oh, my God, what if I had Oasis and podcasts? Yeah. I would just be so thrilled. Like, it would have just been so good. Yeah, especially because, like, as a nerdy kid like me, so... I was obsessed with the League of Gentlemen. That's what got me into comedy. So I'd, I'd watch their series over and over again, can like recite everything. Then I'd get the DVDs and I'd watch all the extra features again and again. Then I'd watch the director's commentaries and I'd know everything about. And and that was before like YouTube, so I wouldn't mm. be able to find clips. And and you know I now know that they did like a. a a ghost hunting thing actually on Radio 4 and then there was the mm-hmm. original series I found that in cassette in a charity shop <laughs> the League of Gentlemen on the town I just consumed that but I think now like you would just look up every podcast that Rhys Shearsmith Jeremy Dyson you'd just you'd be able to consume so much yeah. if you're like a creepy nerd like me um, so I think it's, it's a great time to be a creepy nerd <laughs> is what I'm saying but you do lose that fun of, of finding stuff you know like yeah. going through record shops or whatever yeah. it is yeah. to find the, the, the cassette too or easy the, yeah it's too easy <laughs> it spoils it spoils it for nerds are spoiled and actually have spoiled the whole point of being a nerd. <laughs> to waste most of your time just walking around. And say that's why you're not with. having sex with anyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's plenty of time to have sex and listen to all Actually you can't listen to all my if anyone's managed to listen to every single podcast I've put no. out, then they probably haven't had time to have sex. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely haven't. I think it's like who is it? You know, they talk about that. Um, is it Plato who was meant to be the last person who read every book that was written at right, the time? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's that there will be one person somewhere who's who's consumed everything that you've made. Wow! And it might be you. Yeah, well, hopefully, it's my, I hope I've been there for most of it. Though, to be honest, I forget. Most. It's good it's there. I really find with the blog, and you know, I've written a blog for nearly twenty years, and it's most nice. of it where I go, I'll find it. I forgot. So I did this room um, with. As it occurs to me, we did a live. As it occurs to me, which was our stand-up and sketch show, which I'd write in a couple of days or a day. And then we did one in Edinburgh, which I've completely forgotten about. But it's actually one of my most amazing achievements I've ever done. Because I was doing a stand-up show and maybe something else as well. And then overnight, I wrote a show that we came and did in this room. And it wasn't <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so it was kind of, and, and I, that's I, your greatest and achievement. I, and I, well, I'd sort of for, <laughs> but I'd sort of forgotten about it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this room. I did this in it. And I went back and looked at the blog and went, oh, yeah, of course I did this whole thing where I stayed up all night. And it was so this. what stand-up show were you doing at the time? I guess it was, I think I was doing um, Christ in a Bite the second time. The second time yeah. round, yeah. I loved that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was, yeah, and I probably was doing, I was probably doing the Edinburgh Fringe podcast as well. Wow. Oh, I don't know mm. how to. Hardest working kid in showbiz. I don't know, I don't know, how, I, I don't know how I did it. I'm too, now, too, to my, I get up at 6 o'clock because my kids get up at 6 o'clock. But now I kind of think, someone offered me a, a gig at 10.30. I said, it's a bit, it's a bit late. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter yesterday. I literally saw that on Twitter yesterday. Rob Rouse was like, and you were like, 10.30 p.m. is a bit late for me. <laughs> <laughs> I 
won't be in bed by midnight, and I'll, you know, then I'll be up in six hours. I'm going to see how things go before I commit to anything else. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Let's ask you a couple of emergency questions before we get. We'll talk about your own shows as well. Um, but yes, the, our podcasts are the best because we did it. We did it first, uh, so we're we're the best. Um, and if I ask you anything um, that I've asked you before, just pretend I haven't. Okay. Um, oh, I definitely haven't asked you this before. Uh, if you could go into a chrysalis and you could change into any like a caterpillar, but you're not a caterpillar, you are you. But you could go into a chrysalis and change into anything you wanted. It could be just an adaptation of you or something totally different. What would you change into in a chrysalis? Can it be someone else? Yeah. Oh, great. It can be anything else. It could be you with an adaptation. It can be, you can take it however you want. It's a good way mm. of finding out what you're insecure about in your yeah. life. <laughs> oh, that's such would a good one. Would you change one. anything? Do you know, this yeah. is I, I don't think I would. Here wow. we go. I don't. Really? No. Would you not go in and, and come out with a good singing voice? That's it. I cannot sing to a level of, of it shocks people. It's offensive. Like I, I it's 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 bad. Is it? Yeah, really like really bad. I mean, yeah, I I can't sing. So hundred percent, I would do that. And then, like Ursula. Yeah. With the with the shell around the neck. Yeah. Ah. So I told you. See, uh, <laughs> I can't. I just can't do it. Yeah. So that's perfect for me. Okay. Yeah. That's the only thing that I'd like. I mean, I wouldn't even want to be taller. I'm not bothered about my height. Weird you feet. brought it up, isn't it? It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah. definitely be taller. I think if I could be taller, I'd, I'd take that would in you? a second. Yeah. Really? I mean, I quite like being small now, but I think throughout your whole life, it's sort of like... Small is not man. one of the first adjectives I you to describe you, so I don't think you are small. Yeah. Okay. If you had to describe yeah, you quickly. Yeah, because it's a cunt, a fucking cunt. <laughs> 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 Sex best. <laughs> Prolific. Pretty small. <laughs> what would you what would you change? Um I would come back as um Liza Minnelli Cabaret era. Wow. Oh. Yeah, just uh, yeah. 
and really enjoy becoming the mad old woman that she is now. Right. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. I just think she's amazing. You just think your act together, you could sing everything together yes. and be amazing. Yes, finally I wouldn't have to write fucking jokes. <laughs> 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 All right, here's another one. I accidentally elbowed Denise Van Outen in the face on Channel 5 Celebrity Game Night. <laughs> What is the worst injury you have directly or indirectly caused to a celebrity or person of renown? Oh, that is such a good question. Have you ever hurt a celebrity? Bumped into them? I, um... Scuffed them? You had a coat dropped on you by a celebrity. I, I, I did, but, but there's... Right, so, um, I was on a train going to Blackpool, I know how northern of me, many years ago, and um, there was a man in the uh, gangway of the train, because it's quite busy, who had a suitcase, like a brief sort of suitcase in, in, in thing, and I was like... He's knobhead doing here now. Like, I can't believe it's so busy and he's just done it. So I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make a point. And I'm gonna I walk sort of barge past. And I said, Jenny, you should really put your suitcase on, on the luggage rack. It's very busy. <laughs> and it was Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh fuck. Like, anyway, he took it very well. It was fine, and he did actually move the suitcase. But then there was, there was some American. So I, I'd hurt myself on his suitcase because I banked my shin on it. But there were some Americans on the um, train. Uh, and uh, they were talking to him, and he got he got off somewhere because I, I think um, I think he's got connections to Morecambe or something like that. And he got off in sort of in that area. And uh, as they got off, they, they got on their phone and like, "Hi, mom, mom, we've just met Gollum. We've just <laughs> met Gollum." And and it, then he went, "Took up person like Gollum, isn't that Gollum? I, I mean Gandalf, Gandalf." <laughs> <laughs> so every time I see Sir Ian McKellen now, I'm just like. Oh. <laughs> I really wish I had a story like that. I don't think I've... Yeah, I don't think... Other than all the hearts I've broken in comedy, of course. Yeah. yeah. Of I don't think I've, I've directly inflicted an injury. I don't think I've ever been, like, around anyone that's, like, a celebrity, really. Right. Like, it's a weird thing, though, because you, you do stand-up and then you meet your heroes in terms mm. of comedy. But then stand-up is... Everyone is so normal, really, in stand-up that it is fairly equal. Yeah. But then sometimes you get put on shows where, especially more so now, where there's, like, proper sort of celebrities that you then... I'd be like, what? And they're thinking the same as me. Like, what are they famous for? But especially because I don't watch reality TV. Um, yeah, but I've not... I, some of them I've wanted to injure, definitely. <laughs> um, and the ones that are sort of like unabashed young Tories. But, um, yeah, no, I'm sadly no. yet to flip it. It is a weird thing when you... Yeah, that's... Because I don't really watch reality TV. So when I came, you know, as we, you've been on things like House of Games and mm-hmm. Pointless and things like that. And sometimes when I did Tipping Point, the, I was on with... A girl who I had no real idea who, yeah. who she was, <laughs> except she didn't know anything about general knowledge and still nearly won. So <laughs> it's, it's still, if the coins had just fallen for her, <laughs> be, uh, but you know she seemed very nice. But it is that's it is a it's a weird thing now the way that. What a uh, great analogy for her, like just pure luck failing upwards. Yeah. Like, that's, uh, that's a, what I love about Tipping Point is you know you can you can literally not know anything and win. <laughs> you can win £20,000. Uh, it's a great... Uh, one more emergency question and I'm going to go back to your shows. Uh, which toy did you always want for Christmas but never received? Hmm. That's such a good one. I, well, there was, a, there was a toy that... So in my house, they used to call the Argos catalogue Kiri's Bible. <laughs> and I would start... I'd get, I'd get it and I would start about July just endlessly leafing through the toy section and circling things and then that would be sort of like my you know I'd, I'd compile I'd really think about it and compile my Christmas list for Santa and um, 
There was one thing I really pushed the agenda off for years and years, which is a thing called, I think it was called a Sparkle Dazzle Pony. Okay. And um, so, like, my mum was a riding instructor for riding for the disabled, so we grew up with horses, and my dad was, like, a welfare inspector for Donkey Sanctuary. So we had horses around, so I was quite a horsey kid. And there was this plastic white horse, and basically the whole thing was, is at a Play-Doh, you would make it sort of, like, saddle and bridle and things, so it could be all different patterns, and it's mane and tail. That's sort of, that's sort of it. And I, I asked so many years for this and just never got it, never got it. But I kept it on the list. And then I remember getting it when I was about 12 and being like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? <laughs> but I'd been so indignant that I was like, um, one day I'm going to get that life-changing. And then I was just like, I've now got a Play-Doh toy I have to hide when people come over. <laughs> um, just like the telltale heart under the bed. But, um, yeah, so I, it, was the, it was the Dazzle Pony from Argos right. that, for me. And I, I did get it eventually, but... Too, too late. Yeah, came too late. Um, it was never. It was never toys with me. It was always things like clothes that I wanted that I wasn't allowed. So like, when I don't know if you anyone remembers, do you remember when those eclipse jackets came yeah. out? Yeah. And it was like it, it, drug-based clothing. And it was. Wasn't it, it got a spliffy? Spl- that yeah, it was, was like there. a cartoon character smoking a spliff. You know, that kind of stuff. And my mum was like, "You're not having that. It's <laughs> crap." Um, I wasn't allowed that. I wasn't allowed sweater shop jumpers. Um, do you remember those, the sweater shop? Uh, I wasn't allowed those. I wasn't allowed um, naff naff. Um, there's so many like items of clothing that my mum was just like, you're not having that because it's shit and also you'll regret that when you're older. <laughs> That's so, good. So I kind of like that. But, but I always remember being so desperate for certain items of clothing that I would just be like, please, can I have that? And he'd be like, no. We lived near... So I'm, I'm from Anglesey and there was a market called Shangavni Market on... Um, on the Saturdays. What was, was the market called? Llangevny. Okay. Llangevny Market. Uh, and it is an old market town. It's gone now. And I really worry about the young people where I'm from because you could get like an outfit for about seven quid. Mm-hmm. You couldn't stand near a naked flame in it. but <laughs> like, And it would just be like knock-off stuff, basically. Or, you know, very similar to what was in... Fa- and we didn't really have high street shops. I think there was an A New Look in Bangor, which is the nearest town. So we'd go to Clangavenue Market with like 10 quid and I'd buy loads and loads of stuff. But also my dad would go there and they, you know, so just that thing of being made fun of for having Nicks instead mm. of Nikes and, you know, just like <laughs> you put it on the Christmas list and you'd be like, what kind of binno substitute is he going to come up with? I remember in primary school, I went to, my primary school was private, my secondary school was normal and uh, my parents had just put every bit of money into sending me there so I couldn't do any of the extra stuff and it was very apparent that I was the one without the money and I remember when Wimbledon came around they would all bring in their tennis rackets and play tennis and I said to dad I really want to but I'm the only one who doesn't get to play tennis at break time can you get me a tennis racket so he's like of course I will princess so he came back from a car boot with a wooden one and com- convinced me he was, I was like this doesn't look like everyone else's he's like, it's because they can't afford this one <laughs> so that kind of like manic psychopathic swagger that I went into school with and be like you know you don't get mine because you have to and with a, a, a clearly a tennis racket from the 70s yeah. and it was painted silver like it was metal as well I really distinctly remember it and just styling it out and then just being so arrogant that I'd, all the kids then wanted a wooden tennis racket because <laughs> I was like no you haven't got one of the proper ones this is like ergonomic just yeah. splinters all over my hands <laughs> <laughs> I feel in my when I was a kid, it felt like you know you would really there were games I really wanted, and we'd, we'd only get toys at Christmas on the birthdays, mm-hmm. and you still would <laughs> there'd be one you really wanted, and you wouldn't get it. I really wanted Scale Electric. In the end, my sister, when she was old enough, bought me like a knockoff Scale Electric. I wanted Mouse Trap, and I wasn't allowed to have Mouse Trap. It's amazing. Yeah, a lot of, lots of small parts. Like, 
five quid or something to buy a man. I, I remember getting hungry hippos, but only being allowed to play it during the advert break. <laughs> <laughs> like it's my dad. My dad's, my dad's Welsh. I can only ever talk about what my dad says when I do. When I, I can only do his voice when I talk about him. So um, it'd be like, right, okay, the adverts are on. Play your hungry hippos. <laughs> but the, the sad thing is, like, I, I was an only child for six years, so it'd just be me playing these hungry hippos with no one else to play with. <laughs> so sad that, isn't it? <laughs> but I, I was much younger than my brother. My brother's sister was sort of five and six years older than me. So I, I used to play. But well, the reason I play snooker against myself as a podcast. It's because I spent most of my childhood just playing games on my own. Yeah. So I'd have played Hungry Hippos, I'd have just done it with two hands. Yeah, same. <laughs> I, my brothers were uh, seven and nine years yeah. older, so, and they left home when they were 16 and 18. Yeah. So as of nine, I became an only child. Yeah. So I played so Connect Four against myself. <laughs> so many, and it's so sad. There's loads of like games and tarot sketches that are, you'll notice it's one person playing a game with himself and it's entirely based on my childhood. (laughs) (laughs) So, so grim. Also, my mum is obsessed with, uh, very soon, in fact, once the fringe is over the way, uh, she'll immediately be like, can I have a Christmas list, please? Can I have a Christmas list? And she will hound me like Dog the Bounty Hunter for this (laughs) fucking Christmas list. And then I would give it to her in plenty of time and I will receive absolutely nothing from the list. (laughs) And it's just a cultural phenomenon in my family where... It's a life and death matter of having this list so they can duly ignore everything on it. (laughs) I might might ask for the opposite of whatever I want and then hopefully I'll end up with something. Well, I did get. I got. A snoo- I did ask. I wanted, I wanted a snooker board. That's what I wanted one year, and I did. A snooker I did board. Get, yeah, I, got, well, I call it a snooker board because it's not. It's only a board. Oh, right. It's not really a table. It's like a six by three snooker board. <laughs> I call it a snooker board. Um, let's quickly talk. We, look, we, 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 time has flown by already. Your shows, uh, Rachel. Can I be awful? Five mm-hmm. forty p.m. Monkey Barrel. Hive yes. One. Yes, very, very good. Um, what's it about? Can you be awful? Um, well, it, it's about... So, it, it's based around... So, I'm, I'm a bit sick of being told to be kind by people because I think it's, you know, relentless and I think it's mostly aimed at women, the be kind sort of thing. Um, I th- it's just about me. It, mainly, it's about me... It's about something that happened to me on a train and it, w- why I reacted the way I did. And it's about my boundaries as a working-class person and it's about being working-class in comedy, which is... I think predominantly very middle to upper class. Um, Do you find that, Richard? Well, so far, this Edinburgh run, we've had a Harriet Dyer and you. Yeah. One, so that's two working class people. Yeah, I but then me and you as yeah, well. So. <laughs> private education. I wasn't at private school. I, was a, I went to compound well, school. See, the thing with me, it's not, it's not necessarily, it's not other comedians that I'm bothered about. It's mainly like the behind the scenes sort of attitude. So I, I talk a bit about how I feel that, you know, as, as a working class woman in comedy, if, if you all say if you're a working class man in comedy, it can be like oh, he's a mildly amusing everyman here, have an arena um, <laughs> and I feel like if you're a, but you, you don't have to reveal anything about your background I feel if you're a woman, it's very much like what are you doing here? What's your story? And you've got to produce some sort of reason for you doing what you're doing like you know has, has something tragic happened to you have you been in care as did your dad batter you do you know what i mean these kind of things and it's like i just want to i feel like you're just never able to just be yourself as a, as a working class woman it, particularly in comedy it's like people are always digging wanting to find things out and it, it pisses me off uh, <laughs> as you might know but uh, but also can i be awful is what i Ask, I'd say about 12 times a day yeah. because I respect people's boundaries. Now, what do I message you? 
Can I be awful? <laughs> and I usually say, yes, always. Always. <laughs> and then fucking tirade of abuse about someone that we know. Will you, come out you, you have said, on some occasions, though, it's a bit early. Yeah, I have said it. <laughs> yeah, because it's pre-7am. Because I'm an early riser as yeah. well, right? I get up very early. I'll be early. like, 5.20am, can I be awful? Can like, I be awful? And it's like, can it's I have a, a coffee early. first? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it's about. But, you know, there's other stuff in there. There's a bit of... Talk about hotels a bit. I talk about, you know, what else? There's funny stuff in it. It sounds all very tedious as I say it out loud, but it's, it's a good show. I'm happy. I think it's also your most you show, right? I think it's the most honest show you've done. Yes, I would say so very yeah. much. Because I think something that you've been, which is like, is what you're exploring in the show, is I think that sometimes you feel because of the, uh, the extra like baggage that comes with people's perception of you based on yeah. your accent and, and your background is that, that you have to sort of like make them feel comfortable. Yes. Before, and you yeah, don't feel, this is it. And you can't always express yourself without being seen as aggressive. And, Thank yeah. you, exactly. So sometimes, I mean, I shouldn't badge in there saying, listen up, you fucking cunts. But <laughs> what, I, what I do find is, it, it's, I, it's particularly in comedy and sort of be, people who work behind the scenes and produce and things, I'm very much like, the first time they actually come into contact with a proper working class person because there's some people who really pretend to be uh, working class and they're not. Um, I'll, uh, you can see the shows at the Fringe. <laughs> but, yeah, and it's like, uh, I just always feel like I've got a, you know, it, 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 the assumptions of me are usually like, because I talk the way I talk and, you know, I, I am the way I'm, it's, it's, people assume that I'm stupid a lot, constantly assume I'm thick and I'm constantly trying to, have to assert that I'm not, or trying to assert that, you know, I'm not aggressive, or I'm not going to steal your handbag. You know, <laughs> it's just a constant sort of cycle of that. So, yeah, this is... Anyway. And I think there's, I think there's a lot of truth in I mean, I, I feel like with stand-up, it does still, you know, you can have a go, and most people are welcome, and if you're funny, you're funny, and yeah. you can have a go. I think it's when you get into TV. I think yeah. TV and, and radio has become so much like you, the people who are in those jobs... Uh, and now much more, and even than they used to be. I think I'm much mm. more privileged and yes. won't and won't have experienced so much. And you know, and and also are taking the same kind of people mm-hmm. into. And they, you know, they might get one person who's working yeah. class ago. We've got we've ticked the box. And exactly. Now yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the issue. But again, I think through, by yeah. making your own stuff. I mean, by doing stand up and by doing podcasts, yeah. you're in control of your own your oh, own destiny anyway. So. so you know, which is which is great because I think yeah. it, it is. I think it's noticeably. In the 20 or 30 years I've been doing it, sort of the de- the, there's sort of been a decline in the really? intelligence of producers, I think. That, <laughs> that, or just in, or in, maybe it's just in that they want different things or that TV wants different things. But yeah. it, it doesn't, it, it's, it's felt like more, Edinburgh used to feel more like, you know, you come to Edinburgh, everyone will get seen and everyone's got a shot of something happening. And that's mm. certainly not the case. Yeah, <laughs> it's really interesting when you, again, I'll mention the League of Gentlemen, when you look back at they, when they were in the attic and they were in the Perrier, yeah. And then they got a TV series commissioned and they sort of self-commissioned, in their words, a radio series because they're like, we don't think we're ready for this yet. And it is unheard of now that someone would win Mm. or get nominated for anything and then immediately get something like a TV series off the Mm -hmm. back of it. And and don't get me wrong, I think they multiply tried to pull it at different points than the first series of The League of Gentlemen. But it just shows you that... um, we were talking about yesterday with Katie Wicks. I was talking to a friend of mine who works with her, and she was, he was saying, "Oh yeah, she came up in this year, and they did a they did a they did a sketch show together, and that got a Channel Four series." And I was like, "What the, what fucking year was this? <laughs> like the idea that you would have a pretty good run, and yeah. it would actually lead to something." Whereas now 
It's the, the received wisdom is you've got to have three good runs and then you might get something. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, it's fine. It's things, things change, things are different. There's, you know, budgetary things. But it can, yeah, it can feel a bit exhausting, mm. especially because we come from the circuit where it is, I think, more of a meritocracy. And certainly if you are very funny and undeniably so, you will work. And you get to a point with TV and radio where, like, you can be undeniably funny, but it doesn't mean that you will break through to that level. Mm-hmm. There are yeah. other people who have to decide that whether your face fits with what they want and that can be frustrating I think mm-hmm. for, lo- for lots of people yeah definitely uh, and your show Kerry is called Home Truths Monkey Barrel yes 705 Monkey Barrel 3 yeah we say, what's the difference between Monkey Barrel 3 and uh, Monkey Barrel Hive 1 um, um, Hive 1 smells of piss because okay. it's a nightclub <laughs> <laughs> Monkey Barrel 3 is a lovely room um, <laughs> and there's toilets in it so um, but it is not one um, it's a lovely room. I, the nice. first time I've been in it uh, was when I walked in to do my tech. So what a fucking relief! Yeah, it's great. It feels like a real stand-up room. And um, so yeah, it's about me. I moved back to where I'm from in rural Wales about two years ago. So it's about me moving back, and I suppose about identity, because um, it is quite a peculiar thing to talk about on stage. Because I am so like Welsh comedian, Welsh, 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 Welsh. I always talk about being Welsh, but if you'd have known me when I lived in Wales. Prior to moving back, I would have told you that I was English and I didn't feel like I belonged and had a very sort of complicated sense of identity. So it's it's sort of about that and and what it is to have a, uh, a British identity and sort of reconciling with our past. Okay. So yeah, it's about it's about that. And also in all the blurb it says about rescue chickens. Well, I've been touring the show um, and it was it's about an hour and forty on tour. Okay. Um, and so I've had to cut forty minutes up. The rescue chickens haven't made it, guys. <laughs> One of them very literally she died about two months ago. Oh, but no. I mean, so people keep asking like all the press stuff. Like tell, tell us about rescue chickens. I can, but you won't see fuck all about them in the show. Um, so, yes. It's well, you can do it all. You can tell us all about it now. It's not in the show. One's dead. That's the story. Oh, I know, quite sad, yeah. All you had to do was rescue them and, and you let one die. I know. You've I feel awful because they had one had, job. Do you know what my job was? Because they're 18 months old when they get rescued out because that's when the egg production drops off. And I just thought, I just want her to, ha- I just want them all to at least live for another 18 months and have 18 months of nice life. Okay. And she was about two months off, and I was like, you bitch. Because I'm going to carry <laughs> that with me for the rest of my life now. Um, but she, it wasn't bird flu, and she died very quickly and very suddenly. So. I wouldn't say it was bird <laughs> that flu. Sounded like you'd, that sounded like you'd murdered her. Any, any chicken owners in will have been like, well, I hope you check that it was bird flu, because they've been on, they've been on lockdown from November to May, as yeah. you will know if you're a chicken owner. Um, so, yes. Any chicken owners in? Yeah, yeah, you'll know that. You it's know, an absolute fucking nightmare, isn't it? Rescue chickens. Rescue chickens. Oh, my God. One of us had a stroke. Did it go bad down one side? Oh, my God. I'll be presenting Channel 5's um, World's Saddest Chickens. <laughs> oh, dragging its wing along. Do you have to get it put down? We just get... It just died. <laughs> it just died. We're just getting to the end of the show. You don't bring up the stroke chicken dead. Did it have a little fire on its forehead like on the advert? <laughs> it, its beak went sideways. <laughs> it was still what? Yeah, it was, it was still, still happy. happy than it was well, you keep telling yourself yeah. that. Did you eat it after it died? Uh. <laughs> that's the thing I was saying to my partner and I, I we don't eat meat but I was like okay. do we eat this now is that right. like the fairest thing to do and he was like no it's a diseased chicken it <laughs> dies very suddenly I, we don't I, eat meat don't, don't start on this I don't think I don't think we eat things that die of natural causes do we that's the thing we don't yeah. oh I don't want that it's died I've of natural causes I've got a dog causes. that's getting on a bit like well rules are rules 
break out the, the, the pizza <laughs> oven. I feel like I used to be vegetarian, but now I'm not. But I feel if anyone leaves any meat, mm-hmm. I feel it should be eaten. Yes. Yeah. Nose I'm, to tail. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Eat a lot of it. So I would, feel, I would feel like if I had chicken. I'd quite like to have chicken. I talked about this on the, They're great. I yeah. really love them. And I'm getting, I'm getting a couple... I'm getting three more in October. And they are really lovely, lovely things to have around. And I talked about this on the podcast. So I, I, it's very weird. I'm quite sensitive about things dying. And so my partner was like, for fuck's sake, when this died. <laughs> but I'm also a farmer's daughter, so I, I know that you kick into another gear. So I was taking care of things. And, but he was doing this thing where he was being, I think, quite impressed with me, but also trying to be delicate around it. So our vets, you can't go in. You have to phone them outside. So we, kept, we were like, we don't know what to do. And all the advice was like, don't bury them. A fox will get them. It doesn't matter how deep it is. So I said, listen, and we can go to the vet and it'll be like 20 quid to incinerate the chicken and uh, so like, let's just do that and uh, yeah piri piri <laughs> lemon and herb and then um, so he phoned the he phoned the vets and he's like hello yes um, uh, we're outside um, with a, a deceased chicken uh, and, they, and they, she's like okay I'll come out now and it was all very sort of all being very respectful and I was like I'm just going to stay in here and looked at my phone and then when I looked up he was handing over a double bin bagged thing to, to the veterinary nurse who's trying to be all respectful but he was just fucking thrusting over a bin bag and then I sat in the car and was like how long do we wait for because I thought we got the ashes in a little box and he's like no they're throwing it on a bonfire on the back and the 20 quid goes towards their fucking staff do at Christmas you mad bitch obviously oh dear well good oh, you know, talking of food poisoning you've had food poisoning this week well I don't want to good start to the fringe I definitely have had the shit since yeah. Tuesday and okay. all of us had and we all had the same takeaway yeah. and it is um, it's rough because we all share the same bathroom oh yeah uh. and it is literally like tag teaming in and yeah we, we got through two rolls of toilet roll yesterday it was unbelievable um, wow. Which is, I, I did a tweet about it, but this is something I think about. You, you know that whole, that Ginger Rogers quote of like, she did everything Fred Astaire did backwards in heels. That is what I think about when you've got the shits at the fringe, where you're like, <laughs> you guys don't even know that I can't trust a fart up here, <laughs> <laughs> and that I can't relax at any point, otherwise I might fucking shit my tights. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've just taken. I, I rocked up here with a diet coke and, and a bag of Imodium, so we're fine so far. It's good. Well, thank you for doing the show. It's like that. I've I've had a few issues of my own. Yeah, I've, I've been to the toilet five times today, but I've, I would risk a fart. I haven't done one. Really, yet. I would risk it. <laughs> I, I feel confident I can risk a fart. What? And you've shot five times yeah. already. Yeah. Right. Well, you're an idiot. <laughs> Have you ever shot your pants? Yeah. Yeah, well, obviously. Many times. Yeah, devil may care. I've never shot my pants. During this podcast today. <laughs> You're going to sit as everyone leaves. <laughs> it really shows up on these nice grey chairs as well. Uh, well, you know, but you do have to just carry it. That's the thing. Sort of, we'll, you know, we'll have to wrap up pretty quickly. But with COVID, it sort of is this really weird thing that if you've suddenly lost five days or six days of shows, yeah. it would totally, you know, totally... Yeah. That's your profit margin, Well, it's torpedo, you know. You're already losing money already. But if you suddenly have to bin six days' worth of shows. So, you know, no one's going to tell you if they've got COVID, is what I'm telling (laughs) you. (laughs) Don't get off with any comedians. They're all riddled. It's a a good rule of thumb anyway. Don't get off with any comedians. They're all awful. Uh, Look, so look, go and see... um, uh, the, uh, Can I be killer. awful at 5.40 yes. at the Hive Monkey Barrel yep. and uh, Home Truths at Monkey Barrel 3 at 5 past 7. And Lovely. All Killer No Filler, 16th of August, 22.15, Pleasant's Grand, only 30 tickets left.
Yes. Less than that, maybe. Or watch it. Straight and it's a longer, it's a longer show. It's not because we're the last yeah, ones in. Minutes. They can't, yeah. kick, can't kick us out. Fantastic. Well, they're brilliant. I'm so glad the podcast continues. I hope it will continue onwards forever. Uh, and fantastic to see you both doing all, all this brilliant work. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Thank Rachel. Having We're back tomorrow. Uh, uh, right Bollock will be in the show tomorrow, along with Conrad Koch, who is a ventriloquist from South Africa. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you to everyone here at the ballroom. Goodbye. You have been listening to Rahulastapa from the Edinburgh Fringe with me, Richard Herring, and my fantastic guest, who I know you know who it was. I'm not going to tell you again. You're not stupid. Thank you to Scamp Regard for playing this music. I'm indebted to my technician and friend, Reese Thomas. I'm also indebted to Chris Evans, not that one, and to all the fantastic crew at the ballroom, at the assembly rooms, and everyone at the assembly rooms in Edinburgh. What a fantastic lot of people you are. Thanks for all your help. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStrike.com production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.